not do it. Excel, I said, hey, yo! I'm so excited you're here. Hi, I'm excited you're here. I know, I'm like calling you out. I'm sorry, I'm just excited you're here. What's up? Hair looking fabulous as always. My boy Devin's in the house tonight. So excited. You say you like the jacket? You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah! Uh, uh. So, I'm going to sit right here. Let me back up because the light, you know what I'm saying? Got to get the natural glow on my skin. You know what I'm saying? That's not lotion or anything. That's just grease, gross, ill. <laughs> That's the anointing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I got this, I got this at uh, Box Lunch. You know what I'm talking about? In the mall? Who, did, where's Ariel? I think Ariel got it for me. She's like, you need this. I'm like, and I need you. Marry me. All right. There you go, ladies. It's that simple. You're like, oh, that's it? Yes. I just love windbreakers. You know, because it's like, it feels like a jacket, but it's not heavy like one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love it. Oh, do you guys know, uh, who has seen the Goofy movie? All right. By show of hands, because I want to fight you after service, who has not seen the Goofy movie? All right, we can, yeah, one by one, we can fight. One by one. Eye to eye. Y'all see what I did there? At Box Lunch, they had like an all black windbreaker, and it was like, like, a, like a tour type, you know, like tour dates, and it was like neon. It was dope. That has nothing to do with my sermon tonight. I just wanted to hang out and talk to y'all. So, how's everybody doing? Good. I'm glad you guys are here. Hey. I want to tell you a story uh, before we get into the message. Just Y'all know I love telling Army stories. It's one of my favorite things. If you don't know, I am in the Army. I still am in the Army, thus the creepy mustache. I want to tell you a story um, that's going to pertain to the message, so just hang out with me. Um, we have a thing in the Army sometimes at night when we're out doing stuff, right? Whatever. Uh, called, like, light and noise discipline. So we can't just be loud. We can't just be trudging through the woods, making all types of noise, shining our flashlights. But I remember I was doing what we call an FTX, a field training exercise. And uh, it was late at night, and all I had was my sleeping bag, my weapon, my helmet, and two guys sleeping next to me. How weird. We're out in the woods just hanging out. And every two hours, I had to wake up in the middle of the night to do what we call pool security. That means I wake up and I stare at nothing. Some of you guys are experts at staring at nothing. You guys get in class and you're like, bet that wall is the most interesting thing right now. Just, right? You're not even there. So I remember, like, if you've never been out in the woods, it's pitch black. You can't see nothing. Sometimes if the moon um, and the stars are shining, there's not any clouds in the sky, you, you know, you see some light. But this was a dark, dark night. And all I had for comfort was the little light on my watch. I don't have that watch anymore because it broke. Sad day. And I just remember, like, every time I woke up or whenever I just needed to stay awake or just be reminded that my shift was almost over. By the way, the temperature was 20 and below that night. Like, y'all know what I'm talking about up here. You know what I'm saying? You're one of these. Like, who does not do the cold? Who's like, no, summer all year round. 
Yeah, I like the cold, so I'm in there like, it must even be like a little psycho, like, yeah, if only it would snow right now. No, I just remember I would just really grasp and hold on to this little light on my watch that just let me know, like, I wasn't in complete darkness. Like, if I ever just felt like, ugh, am I almost done? What's happening? I would click this little button, and it would light up for like 12 seconds. And then I'd be surrounded by darkness again. But I want to show you another uh, a picture. Can you show the picture? Bow! I love it. I'm not in that picture. Don't worry. I'm not. Uh, this is what we call a ruck march. And a ruck march is essentially uh, we all put on heavy backpacks with our weapons. And we walk for miles. Who has walked for more than three miles? Okay, 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 okay. Who has walked for more than five miles? Oh, okay. Like, consecutively. Okay, who has walked more than seven miles consecutively? Okay, okay. Who has walked more than 12 miles consecutively? Yeah, easy. Pastor Jay's like, easy. Every day. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, picture walking 12 miles with 50-something pounds on you with the backpack, your helmet, your vest, your weapon. It's a lot. My favorite site in Missouri, it's just hills. So we're walking at like 2, 3 a.m. up and down these hills. And my favorite is when the drill sergeant wasn't looking, I would look behind and I would see all of these lights, these little twinkles, and it's our headlamps. And what that meant to me was like, man, I'm not alone in this. So something about those little lights, something about my watch, something about, something about the guys behind me with their lights, just let me know I wasn't alone. And let me know that there's light in darkness. I want to talk to you tonight. And the sermon title is We Lit. We Lit. This is one of the most lit youth groups I've ever been to. It really is. So you're like, we don't say lit anymore. It's okay, I do. Whatever, fight me. I want to read you Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. Before that, let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that the Bible isn't just ancient text that we can pick and choose from. I'm thankful that it is living, that it is alive, that it speaks to us. It's you. It's how you speak to us. It's how we have a relationship with you. It's how we learn about you, God. And throughout Scripture, All we see is just your love for us, your justice for us, how you have fought for us, you have pursued us. And so tonight, God, as we read your word, let these words hop off the page tonight, God, and uh, just imprint our hearts with your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read. Let's read. Matthew 5, 14 to 16. This is the message version. Here's another way to put it. Oh, if you don't have a Bible, this is a Sky Bible. You're welcome. I got you a Bible. It's the biggest Bible in the world. Here we go. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Say light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. Chicago. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I like the way this sounds. I like this. I'm putting you on a light stand. Say light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, say light stand. It says shine. 
Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. If you've been in church for a long time, for a good amount of time, we have this word that kind of describes the way we talk, and it's called Christianese. I'm pretty sure Pastor Joey did a, a series on Christianese. If you've been around Christians, we kind of just say stuff, and you're like, what does that even mean? One of the things I've heard throughout my life is that we are here on purpose for a <laughs> Somebody just finished. On purpose for a purpose, right? Anyone ever heard that? Everyone. Someone's heard it. Some of us can roll our eyes at this cliche, right? It's kind of like a Christian Hallmark bumper sticker that we put on our cars. But if we really stop to think about it, you really want that to be true, right? Like, I'm here on purpose, for purpose. Like, I'm not an accident. I'm not just kind of wandering life. We all want to believe that we are part of something bigger, and there's a reason we are living on this planet. That's kind of always been everyone's question in life, right? Like, why am I here, and where are the aliens? <laughs> you know, they're among us. No, they're not. Maybe. I don't know. Read the Bible. It'll tell you, right? Like, is Men in Black real? Sign me up. Okay, the best of the best of the best. Sir, anybody see Men in Black? Okay, okay. I'm just making sure. I can be your pastor still. I like that. I like that. We all wonder, why are we here? That's been the question, like, for the beginning of time. Why are we here? What am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do now that I'm here? A lot of us, even now, you're like, yeah, that's a good question. You know, Maybe that's why we care so much about growing our followers when it comes to social media. You know, we've been talking about a series called Influencers, right? I've been using social media a lot because it's the center of your life. We think followers and likes bring validation, right? Don't trip. Don't play. Like, when y'all start getting notifications and people start liking your photo, you're like, yeah, yeah, I took that photo. I edited that. Yep, that filter, found it. No one else uses it, right? That sound, no one's using that sound. I am now viral, right? Like, we all do that. Something about getting that validates us. It makes us feel good because the reality is we want the spotlight. But do we even fully understand why we want it? Think about that. Why do we... Like, people, people want to get famous. Why? Anybody can get money. Anybody can do all that. Right? Why? Why do we want the spotlight? We're all fighting to be seen. But tonight, I want to challenge you that we're actually made to shine. We're actually made to shine. See, we settle for being seen. We settle for it. We're like, ah, hey, people see me. They look on my page and see me. That's great. But we rob ourselves of the satisfaction that comes from living out our purpose. So I'm going to give you your purpose tonight. You ready? If you've ever had a question of what your purpose is, it's tonight. Tonight's one point, everybody knows the rules, is this. One point. Throw it up on the screen. No. <laughs> Be lit like Jesus. There it is. <laughs> I love it. Hey, very simple tonight. 
And I said, no. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. <laughs> be lit like Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, be lit like Jesus. Be lit like Jesus. As followers of Jesus, our calling goes much deeper than being in the spotlight. We're not called to be in the spotlight. We are called to be the light. There's a difference. The spotlight, you know, I've, I've had the, the honor and the privilege to be uh, uh, somebody used uh, in singing and in worship in arenas all over the country. And in all over the country, in every arena I've ever gone to, they always have spotlights. What's crazy is once that spotlight, I'm in the same position right now. That spotlight turns on, boom, light. But the second that guy calls a quits, he's like, I don't get paid enough for this. And he's out. What happens? That light turns off. I didn't change. Right? So there's a difference. God didn't call you to be in the spotlight. He called you to be the light. Say, be the light. Jesus tells us exactly what our purpose in life is in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. We were created and put on this earth to light it up. Light it up. That's why you're here. Light up the world seems crazy, right? You're like, that's, that's a lot of world, Pastor Izzy. I am just a little person in a big city, and I can't light up nothing. I'll tell you what, when I flashed that watch in the middle of the night and that light hit, it shined so bright, so bright. It would light up my entire area where I was sleeping at. So I would use it to find stuff. Like if I couldn't find anything, like where's my magazine pouch? Where's my ammo? Like boom, watch. I used it. So lighting up the world seems a little crazy and out of reach, but I'm talking about lighting up your world. That sounds a little bit more doable. Now, if you say, right, if you say, yo, light up the entire world, you're like, that's overwhelming. I don't have enough followers for that. Um, I really don't have anything, like, I don't have talents. Like, I could juggle. Who, who can juggle? Devin can juggle. <laughs> you can juggle? I can't juggle. I hate you because I've always wanted to try. It's just my brain and my hands and my fingers are broken and it'll work like that. Your world. Your world is doable. I'm here to tell you tonight, your world can be lit up. You can do it. Look at it. It says this in the scripture. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. There's a lot of hills in Missouri. Lots of hills. And if you put something on the top of a hill, everybody's going to see it. Now, you light that thing up like a Christmas tree, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite things during Christmas time is the Christmas tree. I love the Christmas tree. I love driving down houses and people leave their windows open so I can see what kind of TV they got. You know what I'm saying? I, who does it? I do it. I'm like, hey, that's 75 inches. Wow, that's crazy. I've only got nothing. All right. But I love seeing Christmas trees in people's windows because they just, they just light up the block. I love Christmas trees. I love Christmas lights. And I love that this is saying this. We're going public with this. We're going public. I want people to see me shine. People need to see it. So here's this. Here's a question for you. How public are you about Jesus? 
That's an honest question you need to ask yourself. How public are you about Jesus? If one of your friends at school or somebody at school or a teacher at school asked you about Jesus, what would you say? What would you do? How would you act? Would you hide or shrink back? Would you shine? Tonight, I'm talking about shining. I'm talking about being the light. How public are you about Jesus? When following Jesus changes your life, it's because your purpose changes. So when, when you follow Jesus, your life changes because your purpose changes. Some of you who follow Jesus but have not seen any change is because your purpose hasn't changed. Because Jesus, right, changes everything. Jesus changed my life. I hit the brakes on what I was doing. Woo, would have been bad. You would have been hearing messages from a jail cell. Like, hey, this is my bunk mate. He's in for theft, right? Like, like you want to see Pastor Izzy in orange, and I don't look good in orange, okay? So it's that. But, but when my life changed, when Jesus came into my life, everything changed. And what is that everything? It's, it's my purpose for what I'm doing. So some of you have been in a relationship with Jesus, or you know about Jesus, and your life is still the same, because that's possible. Because you can only allow Jesus to change what you allow him to change. I would say this. Your purpose has not changed, which is why you have not changed. Your biggest motivator should no longer be being liked, but rather being like Jesus. Say it with me. Lit like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Jesus didn't go out of his way to get likes. He went out of his way to make sure people knew his father in heaven. Public. Everywhere I go, people know what I'm about. That's what Jesus said. They know what I'm about. Ask anybody. Valid. Certified. Everybody knows my name. I don't got to check in nowhere. Do people know what you're about? People know you by something. What is it that they know you by? Oh, that dude's funny, man. That, oh, that's all that guy is. He's just, you're the funny guy. You're the, you're the class clown. You know what I'm saying? You funny guy. Right? <laughs> or you're that girl that never smiles. I don't know how you, I don't know what's going on in your brain right now. You know what I'm saying? We all people know that. It's like this. It's like, why are you upset? I'm not. I had a great day. Like, I can't tell. They have a term for that. I'm not going to say it. Right? Do people know? Do people know what you're about? Oh, that guy's a gamer. Right? Oh, that, that's the athlete. That guy scored on their own basket. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I just thought I love you. Where, where's he at? Where's he at? Is he here? I'm just playing, bro. I'm playing. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. Right? How public are you about Jesus? Are you a light? Do people know what you're about. Do people know when they see you, do they know where you stand? Do, you, do they know where you stand? Like, I don't stand for bullying. And that's on mama. I don't stand for no kind of bullying. Not in this youth group. Not anywhere. Not at the Starbucks. When Karen gets mad because her white mocha wasn't wide enough. You know what I'm saying? Right? 
Like, <laughs> that's not racist. I love, my wife gets white mochas, okay? <laughs> that's funny. Pastor Joey, please don't fire me. Um, like, I don't stand for it. Like, if I'm somewhere and somebody's just getting bullied, like, Pastor Ariel likes to do this. It's okay. So I'm like, I got to say something. I don't stand for it. Right? What have we kept quiet about that we should be public about? That's not even in my notes. You like that? Write that down. Listen, what have you kept quiet about that you should be public about? And is that Jesus? Is that what Jesus stands for or stands against? What is it? What is it? He wanted people to know what he was about, and he was about his father's business. When Jesus was a teenager, his parents straight up, or a kid, straight up left him. They couldn't find him. They're like, let's go back to where we were. He's He's in the temple talking to grown folks about grown folks' business, about about Scripture. And when his mama asked him, Jesus, uh, why would you do this to us? And my gosh, I've been looking for you everywhere. Jesus was like, Mama, don't you know that I'm about my father's business? And the Bible says that, like, Jesus' parents, like, didn't fully understand what was happening, but they were just kind of glad that he was there, and then they left. If it was the Izzy International version, it would have been like, and then Izzy got hit with a chancla and was put in a coma for a year. And so, no, right? Don't talk to your parents like that, but Jesus could. When I say be like Jesus, don't be talking to your parents like that. Be like, where Jesus did it, right? And your mom would be like, yeah, but I'm going to kill you and you will not be resurrected, okay? Like, that's what, that's what mama's going to do. Don't do that. What does this mean? That means instead of obsessing over how many followers we have, we should be more concerned with how many people aren't following Jesus. I live this. This is true. Anything I say up here is coming from my heart, coming from God's word. It's true. Sometimes when I drive and I'm in traffic, I just, I'm astounded by how many people are on the earth. I just think about that. I think about weird stuff. I'm like, when I, when I see people walking downtown, I'm like, there's so many people here. And I get overwhelmed because I'm like, how do I talk to all of them? I, I, for real, I think that. And I start getting up. I get, I get frustrated because I'm like, Lord, like, how many of these people know you? I like obsess over it. And it's a healthy, it's a good obsession. People got to know. I could care less about how many likes I get unless it's a picture of daddy. Y'all better like that. I could care less. I care less about how my social media looks. I'm more obsessed with that there's people out there that don't know who Jesus is and they don't know that, they, that Jesus can change their life. That's what I obsess over. That's what I've dedicated my life to. I could have done anything else. Could have been whatever. I decided to do this. Why? My purpose changed because Jesus changed my life. My purpose changed because Jesus changes everything. Instead of fighting to be seen, fight so that Jesus may be seen through you. Through you. The way you talk, the way you treat others, the way you treat your teachers, the teachers that you don't like, 
the teachers that you feel like are targeting you. Listen, I've been there. Listen, I was that student. I was that student that had all the potential in the world. And thank you to the No Child Left Behind Act because I still would have been in fifth grade as a 29-year-old. Learning shapes and whatever y'all be learning in fifth grade. I don't remember. Times has changed. Those teachers. I want to talk about teachers for a second. None of my notes. I'm just having fun tonight. Is that okay? I just kind of wanted to talk to you guys tonight rather than get preachy. I might get there in a second. But I, I just remember there being teachers that I'm like, if I didn't love this subject, I'd throw a book at you. Right? I'm like, man, those teachers need to see what you're about. Are you acting? Are you acting like Jesus? That whole WWJD thing, right? That like took the 90s and early 2000s, right? I mean, it's probably later than that. I don't know, Pastor Jason. I'm just playing. Let's play, play, right? We all had the wristbands. You had the wristband. It was everywhere. It was on guitar picks, the wristband, the shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was everywhere. What if I told you that, like, that's, that actually makes sense? Like, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in those moments where you feel like your teacher isn't fair? What would you do in those moments where you feel like your parents aren't hearing you out? It's a question you need to ask yourself. What would Jesus, what would Jesus do in this moment? That's a whole other series that we can do. I'll tell you one thing. When I read scripture and I see Jesus go throughout his ministry, I see a lot of compassion. We talked about compassion on Sunday and youth in action. By the way, wasn't that awesome? That was so much fun. I see a lot of compassion. I wonder maybe your teacher has a sick family member or has some mental health going on in their life and they're not doing well. And they come to class with all that weight. And then they got you. <laughs> Think about it. You don't know what's going on on the other side. All you know is you hate algebra. Or whatever, <laughs> insert class. What about your parents? Do you know, do you know that your parents aren't superheroes? Do you know that they're not bulletproof? Do you know that they've got a lot of stuff going on? And, they, and, and on top of that, they got to take care of you. They got to do your laundry. They got to feed you, clothe you, make sure you stay alive in a city that's trying to kill you. Hey, yeah, newsflash, buddy. We'll talk about that. He's like, what? I wonder, I wonder how often... We're public with our faith and we are light to our parents. We could be Jesus to everybody else. But when it comes to the teachers, when it comes to parents, when it comes to adults, we're like, nah. But God wants to use you at this age, at this time in your life, at this position that you're in to be a light, to be an influencer. That's what God wants to do. You know, there are many things in life that can try to shut our light off. But if you are a follower of Jesus, your light 
this world can't shut off. Because light is what gives us sight, and there are people in our world who desperately need to see. Remember I told you about my watch? I would use that thing to just see where I was going, to see what was around me. If I lost my glasses, if I couldn't find something, that, that light showed me what I needed to see. And there are people in, in your life that you encounter on a daily basis. When you wake up, when you go to bed, there are people in your life that desperately need to see. I'm not talking about this. Although this is important. I lost all y'all faces. I'm talking about in their heart. I'm talking about in their soul. I'm talking about in their life. What do they need to see? Light. You. Jesus shining through you. They need to see joy and unconditional love. Their need, they need their lives to be lit up with hope. You. Think about one way you've hidden your light instead of letting it shine. Those moments where you've hid. You knew it was wrong. You felt it. Everything in you wanted to speak up or do something about it, but you allowed your fear to shrink you back to hide your light. Look at verse 14. It says this. God is not a secret. God is not a secret to be kept secret. God is not a secret to be kept. This isn't like a little treasure that you kind of like, I love Jesus. Let me just put him as a collectible on the shelf that will collect dust. And I don't want anybody to touch it because it's very precious. This is like, do you know about Jesus? Do you know about, can I tell you? Do you know? Do you know how my life was changed? Do you know? Do you know? This, God is not something to be kept secret. God is good, right? All the time. And all the time, right, act like it. God is good. When we experience good things, what do we normally want to do? We want to tell people about it. When I tried crumble cookie for the first time, I said, God is so good. Every flavor is a divine appointment with you, Lord. Every flavor. And it's a, a weekly thing. About to spend a lot of money, crumble cookie. You have to tithe it. I want. I started telling people about it. I was like, you been to crumble? You been to crumble? Pinky up. You been to crumble? You had that? Yeah, that's fire. Who's not been to crumble? Oh my lord! Maybe, maybe we need to do something about that. Maybe we need to do something about that. Pinky up, <laughs> pinky up. I love when something is good. It's too good to not share. You want to tell people about it. Not necessarily share the cookie because, no, get your own. But you want to share something. You want to tell people about it. If God is good, then he is not a secret to be kept. Everybody needs to know. You want everybody in on it. If you love God, then you love people. It's not, I love God and I tolerate people. It's, I love God, and because God loves people, and I want to be like Jesus, and if Jesus loves people, and I want to be like Jesus, then I love people. And if I love people, why would I keep something good from them? Why would I keep something good, especially if it's something that's going to change 
their life. That is what it means to be light. God didn't save you so you could hide away in your house or hide behind the screen. You can be light in your home, in your school, in your community, and even on social media. Your purpose is to light up the dark. Say, light up the dark. Look at the verse that says this. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop, on the light stand, you only have one job. What's that say? Shine. Shine. That's it. Shine bright like a diamond. It's playing in my head. Shine. That's it. Shine. Here's what I call the five-star challenge. Okay? Because y'all are twinkly stars. I'm just playing. I call it the five-star challenge. So, great. Now I'm telling you to shine, right? Is it up there? Boom. I'm telling you to shine. And a lot of you are like, I hear you, Pastor. You're yelling a lot. (laughs) How? How do I shine? How do I light up the dark? How do I be a light to the people around me? How can I be lit like Jesus? I kind of created this today. The five-star challenge. Here's where we can start. Encourage five people throughout your day. I don't know why I picked five. It just, five stars is like, you know, that's, that's the best rating. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go on Yelp or something, like you're trying to, you know, book an Airbnb, you don't want a one-star Airbnb. That's weird. That's basically a broom closet, right, in the basement of a cat lady home, all right? Like you don't want one star? You want a five-star you want a five-star Airbnb. If you were an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, you want that five-star review. So this is a five-star challenge. This is how to live your life five stars. Encourage five people throughout your day. What does that look like? Hey, man, how you doing? Great, great, awesome, awesome. Hey, uh, can I just encourage you, man? I, I love your smile. Kiana, I love your smile. It's contagious. I bet a a billion dollars that on your happiest day, which is mostly every day that I've seen because you smile all the time, that somebody who's having the worst day, if they saw your smile, they can't help but smile. Facts. So I appreciate your smile. Hey, I needed your smile today. Thank you. That's very encouraging. That's very encouraging. Hey, here's something that's very practical. Hey, man, I love your shoes, man. Those are dope. Those are fire. I love your shoes. I love your shoes. I'm glad your mom bought you those. I love those shoes. I love you. I I love you. I love you. Right? We're having fun. We're just having fun. I just want to talk to you guys tonight. That's encouraging. Because why? People buy shoes because they want people to comment on their shoes. Nobody spends hundreds of dollars on sneakers for no one to say anything about them. No. See people's shoes. If you don't know how to encourage somebody, and man, I like your style. I just like your style. I just love your style. You guys following me? That's encouraging. That's encouraging. How about this? Read five verses a day. Five verses. A great place to just kind of just read. I love the Psalms. You could literally take your Bible and put your hands in the middle, open it, and you're going to be in the book of Psalms. Promise. Five verses. You can manage five verses, right? Five verses nothing. Five verses, that's all it is. God can speak to you in one, let alone five. Five-star challenge. How about this? Spend five minutes a day praying. 
We're talking about shining here. This is what's going to help us shine. Moses, when he goes to the mountaintop to be with God, when he came down, his face was glowing. People could tell that he had been with God in God's presence because he was shining. Oh, see what I did there? When you spend time in God's presence, I believe you shine. I believe you can tell the difference. When you get married, and some of my married people know this, but sometimes, <laughs> woohoo, sometimes, sometimes you can tell when your spouse has not spent time with Jesus because we, we start to not shine. And then Pastor Ariel somewhere says, Amen. She's like, Shoot, for real. She goes, When was the last time you spent time with the Lord? And I'm like, Right now. So, all right. <laughs> I do. Five minutes. A day praying. If you don't know what to pray about, pray, pray for Excel. Pray for family. Pray for your friends, those friends that God has placed in your life. There's plenty. Listen, if you don't know what to pray about, then we need to talk, okay? Because there's plenty of things. Because there's people that don't know Jesus. There's something to pray about. That's probably the one thing you should pray about is God, save those who don't know you yet. Invite five people to church this week. Five people. You're like, I could barely invite one. Notice I said the week. Because there's seven days in a week. That's one person. And then you got like a few extra days. Why do I, why do I say bring them to church? Because this is a community. This is a family. This is where we can learn together and grow together and pray for one another. It's a place where they can be around the light. It's a place where they can get away from the darkness and get away from the things that could be affecting them to be around positive people. Spend five minutes a day worshiping. I love this. Pastor Ariel and I do this. Uh, we try to do it every night. She, she does it better than I do, but we'll just listen to worship music and then we'll pray. You know, sometimes when I'm in my office, I take a chunk of the day to literally just worship. One, because he's worthy of it. God's worthy of our worship. And I know it just makes him happy. He's like, yeah, man, I just feel close to God. Something about worshiping him. And we can talk uh, another time about what worship does in our lives. But it makes a difference. And the band can come up here. Look how it says this. See how it says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. This is public. Those five-star challenges like that, that's so that you... Get comfortable with being open, being open, being generous with your life. We see Jesus do that all the time. These things aren't meant to just be a checklist. So when I see that five, and we're going to post it. Let's post it, by the way. Boom, let's post a five-star challenge, all right? It's not meant to be a checklist. Did it, did it, did it, did it. I'm a saint. No, okay? It's meant for us to be light. I'm giving you, I gave you the why. I'm giving you the how. How can we be like Jesus if we don't know him or talk to him? These things are going to take some courage to do. It takes courage to invite people. It takes courage to encourage somebody who's having a bad day. Or you just know they need, they need somebody to just say hi. It takes courage. You're going to need to be brave. Be brave. Be courageous. Be light. Be lit like Jesus. Look at the end of verse 16. 
It says, by opening up to others, here's what happens. Here's what happens when we five-star challenge everything. All right? Here's what happens. Scripture is very clear. It says, by opening up to others, by being public in your faith, you'll prompt people to open up with God. That's it. To open up with God, this generous Father in heaven, by you opening up to others, just by being around you, they're just going to notice things. They're just going to see that you don't talk a certain way. You don't joke about certain things. You don't, you don't do some of the stuff that they do. And they're going to want to know why. You know what that moment is? They're opening up. They're opening up. And that's a perfect opportunity. Say, this is why I do it. Because I want to be a light. And the things that I see around me, it's darkness. And I don't want any part of it. They're going to want to know what makes you better than them. You're like, nothing's, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm not saying that I've got everything figured out. I do know this, though. My life has changed. When the light came in, I can see clearer now. I know what I'm about. This is what light does. It opens people's lives to see the goodness of God. If I could have... All of you just look up for a few more minutes. A few more minutes. We live in a very, we live in a dark world. This dark world that, that's so dead set, dead set on separating you from God. My little watch saved me. You may feel like a little watch. You could be the only light that that person sees. I'm not a lamp. I'm not a bonfire. Pastor, I'm just a little watch. That watch, that watch meant everything to me. It wasn't just about being cold and in a sleeping bag and in the army. I missed my wife. I missed my friends. I missed... My church and just something about that light gave me hope that morning was coming. That morning is coming. You're a little light, great. Be a light. It could be the only light that anyone sees. You're the little light that's telling them morning is coming. There's better days ahead. Your life is gonna change. Your life. Your life can be different. Jesus. Who's Jesus? Maybe you're here. You know who Jesus is? Jesus was a man that is the son of God. That lived a perfect life. And he did three years of ministry with his best friends. And one hater. Three years perfect life. Being a light to everyone. Everyone he saw. Worshiping. Praying for others, encouraging others, inviting people in. Sounds familiar? Sounds like a challenge to me. Sounds like a five-star challenge to me. This man, Jesus, a perfect life, being the greatest influencer we've ever seen. Lighting up the dark wherever he went. And people killed him. He did countless of miracles. 
changing people's lives left and right. And they killed him. The good news is, on the third day after he was buried, he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave. And now he lives, seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The light. Why did he die? For you. Because he knew the price to pay for our sin was darkness. We were doomed to it. But Jesus said, if me dying means that they could be in the light forever, I'll do it. I'll do it for them. Third day, he's up. Disciples can't believe it. Later on, they see him. Wow. That moment just wasn't for them in in that time. That moment is for you right now. That this man, Jesus, died for you so that you wouldn't be in darkness anymore because there's some of you here and you walk about throughout the day and you feel like there's a dark cloud that follows you. You feel like everywhere you go, you're just searching for light. You're searching for answers. You're just, you're looking. I'm here to tell you right now, even though my little watch was great, it only lasted a few seconds. And we try to find these things that, that, that give us some kind of hope, a glimpse of hope. And just like a match, it burns out. And what happens? We're back in the darkness again. What if I told you that Jesus can be the light in your life that will never shut off? Will dark times come? Yes, but you've got the light. This is the gospel. This is why I do what I do. This is why I've got leaders here that do what they do. It's because Jesus is the light of their life. And I tell you tonight, if you find yourself here in this moment in darkness, look no further because the light of Jesus is here. And he wants to be that light in your life. If if you could close your eyes and just bow your heads for just another few moments. I want to give you an invitation. And if I could have all my leaders line up in the front. I want to give you an invitation to meet this Jesus who wants to change your life. Who just wants to be your friend. This Jesus isn't a fictional character that we read in a book. This Jesus was alive. He was a man. He was also the son of God, fully man, fully God. And he died for you so that darkness wouldn't reign in your life anymore. If you're here and you've never met Jesus and you're wondering, maybe I'd like to know a little bit more about him and what it means to be saved and what it means to be a follower. I've got leaders here that want to pray with you. What does it mean to be saved? It means That your sin was going to send you to a place that you were never meant to be at called hell. But because of Jesus dying for your sins, taking your place, you were saved. You can go to heaven. But that decision is yours and yours alone to make. I can't make it for you. These leaders can't make it for you. Hell is a real place. Heaven is a real place. Jesus is a real person. And tonight is the night that he's calling you to be in relationship with him, to be his friend. 
believing in him so that you can live forever. Because the reality is you will live forever. The question is, where will you live forever? And tonight I'm giving you an opportunity to get to know the light of the world, Jesus, so that you can live with him forever. I'm just going to give you an opportunity. I'm just going to count to three. And there's nothing magical about that. It's just I'm giving you an opportunity to raise your hand. So on the count of three, and you say, I want to know who Jesus is. I want to be saved. I want to know more about what's going on. On the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand and put it right back down. One, Jesus loves you. Two, he died so that you can be friends with him. Three, he saved you. If that's you and you want to know more about Jesus, I see that hand. Awesome. Just slip it up. Awesome. Put it right back down. Once you, once you raise it up, you can put it right back down. Is there anybody else? They say, I'm tired of living in the darkness. I'm, tar- I'm tired of feeling like there's a cloud over me. I, w- I need some light in my life. I see that hand. Awesome. You can put it back down. Great. Awesome. If we could do this, if we can all just stand. Yeah, go ahead, stand. It's all right. We're not at a funeral. Because we're just going to close. Again, the reason why I show these leaders to you because they love you. And because every single leader from here all the way down, Jesus has changed their life. Because you can hear from me all day. But I'm old. Some of you don't want to listen to me. That's okay. But you've got leaders right here. Every single one of them have a story of how Jesus has become a light in their life. And they want to tell you it. So if you need prayer, if you need someone to talk to, if you just need someone to give you a hug, guys or guys, girls or girls, don't be weird. These leaders are here for you. Listen, be lit like Jesus. Take up that five-star challenge. I promise you, you'll see your life and the world around you start to change. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you're alive and you're well and you are the light of our lives. I'm thankful that darkness is nowhere near you. It can't touch you. You've conquered it. You've conquered the darkness. You've conquered sin. You've conquered the grave. And it's, it's because of that we worship you. We love you, God. We praise you. Thank you for these students. I pray, Father, as they take up the challenge, that you would begin to show yourself to them, reveal yourself to them through worship, through prayer, through encouraging, through inviting. Lord, you can do it. You can do it, God. We worship you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone says, and everyone says, and everyone says, amen, 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 amen. Guys, give God a hand clap one time. You guys are awesome. Listen, they're here to pray with you. They're here to pray with you. So if you need prayer, come on to the front. The rest of you guys, see you Sunday. Peace.